Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Raptors Flex Plus. I am your host, Kyle. Yeah, and welcome back to the channel, man. Appreciate everybody for listening. First and foremost, please subscribe, like, share, comment, all that stuff down below. And yo, the Raptors took another L last night. Well, not last night, I guess Friday night, because today is Sunday. I'm a little bit behind recording this video. Um, literally my busiest time of the year, man. It's my daughter's birthday, so I had a set up for her on Friday. And, you know, obviously it's the holiday season, so beer things are going in. But nevertheless, I am here. And when I show up, I show up with energy and passion, unlike a basketball team that I love near and dear to my heart. Just keep crushing it, man. Crushing my soul, dog. But at the same time, like, my expectations are in check right now. My expectations are in check. Prior to these two games against the Hawks, I basically joked around and said, yo, we'll probably just end up being half a game back of the Hawks after Friday night. And maybe I need to, like, stop speaking things into existence. You know what I mean? I'm blaming myself right now. This is where we are right now as Raptors fans representing our team, guy. I'm literally blaming myself that the Raptors are, I mean, shoot, man. I said, yo, if you're going to impress me, like, go win these two games. Even then, at the end of the day, I may not have been impressed because in my mind, it's just the Hawks. And that's no disrespect to the Hawks, but they're not that good right now. I watched these teams. I watched the Raptors play this team two nights in a row. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing special about the Hawks. I mean, Trey Young is going to get his numbers and do his thing. Um... On Wednesday, he had beer points and assists in the first half and then continued through to the second half. But the Raptors got the dub in that one, right? And I thought that the team played quite well. You know, Pascal Siakam was able to get back doing some of the things that we've become accustomed to him doing over the years, right? Being able to get his jump shot back on track. And I ate my humble pie on Saturday morning. I said that, I'm, I'm, or on Thursday morning, my bad. I'm like, yo, uh, all right, I'm going to eat my pa um, um, my hongo pie because with Pascal, I was saying, like, this guy's struggling from threes. I questioned his work ethic. I did all types of things. And, you know, when you question an NBA player's work ethic and it's just not reasonable, like, you got to eat your humble pie and, like, you know, dial it back a bit. But as a fan, as a fanatic of the Toronto Raptors. Sometimes I get my feelings a little bit. I start to cry and make up excuses and all these types of things. Like, I want to see the team be successful, man. I want to see them be successful. So, yeah, I might have just flew off the handle a little bit and said a few things that are probably just a little bit out of character. But it's not like I was telling any lies about the actual production itself. All right? But at the end of the day, the Raptors got the W on Wednesday. And I said again, you want to impress me? Go get the dub on Friday. Win both of these games because you're at home. You're at home against a team that is also reeling. Reeling. We are like a mirror of the Hawks. You look in the mirror. You ever seen that meme where it's like you're looking at something that's kind of blurry 
And then after you put your glasses on, or the guy puts his glasses on, and then it's the actual like image that you want to see. It's like, yo, is that the Raptors? Put on the glasses. It was the Hawks. Is that the Hawks? Put on the glasses. It's the Raptors. It's also the Spider-Man meme where they're kind of pointing at each other like, yo, we're both trash. Both of these teams are not good. So what expectations do we really have for this, yo? The only expectation I have is that we're at home. We should beat this team twice. Maybe that wasn't the expectation because when I think about this team objectively, I'm like, we're probably going to go one and one, which is why I said we'd be half a game back after Friday. It's really unfortunate, man. It's really unfortunate that this team cannot get itself together. Only twice this season have they ever won back-to-back games. All season long. We are now about to go into January. And the Raptors only have two streaks of which they've had back-to-back wins. And still not able to extend it to three wins in a row. Now it's been touched upon. It's been touched upon. The whole thing about Darko Ryakovich saying, yo, guys, win three games and I got you for a dinner. How about this? Win the games that you're supposed to win. Steal some games from teams where, you know, maybe you're not favored to win, which we've done that on a few occasions, you know, beating the Phoenixes, beating the Milwaukee's, beating the Dallas's. We've done that. We have done that. But losing to the Charlottes, to the Hawks, the Bulls, You can't have those ones, man. You cannot have that if you want to be successful. So how about that, yo? Win the games that you're supposed to win and take the games in which sometimes you're not supposed to be, you know, you're not supposed to win this game, man. Forget the dinner. Forget the dinner. Put yourself in position that when March comes around and February comes around, Maybe you'd be a buyer at the trade deadline. Ain't nobody talk about that. Ain't nobody talk about that. But I'm not talking about that either. That might have been um, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster's thought at the beginning of the season if this team was able to show some promise. But we know what it is right now. The only consistent thing about this team is that they are inconsistent. That is it. Ain't nothing else. I don't know, man. I don't know. I really, really, really do not know. I know that a lot of people out there feel like, yo, Masai Ujiri just did not put this roster together in a way that we'd feel like we'd have like some sort of feeling that the pieces might fit together. Or that we wouldn't have this uneasy, sick feeling in our stomach knowing that three of our better players can possibly walk at the end of the season or be traded for 30 cents on the dollar. I get that feeling, man. It is uneasy. But I'm not even trying to look ahead like that because obviously that time is going to come. Changes are inevitable. 
Changes are inevitable. But I don't want to look at that right now. What I want to look at is, yo, this is the team that we have. This is the squad that we have. So what are we going to do with them right now? Because I'm getting sick and tired of watching this team just taking L's to teams that they should not be taking L's to every other game. Every other game it feels like. And we can't get any consistency around, you know, just the performance itself of the team. Sometimes you play a bad game and you win. Sometimes you play a great game and you lose. It's a part of sports. I get that. But my eye test is telling me that this team, I don't know what they are and neither do they. They do not know who they are. Darko, what are we doing, dog? What are we doing? We lost to the Hawks 125-104. So another 20-point loss on the ledger for the Raptors last night. Against the Hawks at home. Now, again, I didn't really get to watch this game live because I was at my daughter's birthday party. I got I got I got the I got Palladium to throw them to throw the game on the TV. But yo, I'm running around. I'm keeping my eye on kids. Like I'm trying to make sure that all the kids are accounted for and having fun. I just didn't get a chance to really watch the game like that. You know what I'm saying? So this was a rewatch for me. But I was but I was following along with, you know, just on the app, you know, looking at the score, saw the final score, and I was like, what the hell happened, man? What the hell happened? But when you watch the game, there are basically like four or five critical things that you can look at in this game against the Hawks where the Raptors basically shot themselves in the foot, man. Shot themselves in the foot. Number one, Pascal Siakam. If you look at his numbers, he shot pretty decent, efficiently. You know, he got a couple of threes off in this game as well. So good for him for that. But when you look at the difference between Wednesday night and Friday night, Pascal Siakam was not getting any paint touches, was not getting nothing with his back to the basket, just working the post. Nothing in the first half. Nothing. At least it felt that way. If it was, it might have been one or two just looks. And I'm pretty sure that the only bucket he had in the paint in the first half was a leak out on the fast break where I think it was Scotty Barnes got the ball up to him on the fast break and Pascal finished for a layup at the bucket. He just made it down the floor faster than the defenders. That was it. Now, I know it's nice to see Pascal getting his three-point shooting off and the jumper looks like it's starting to come around. But you cannot go away from what your bread and butter has been all season long. And all season long, your butter has been paint touches because you're what? Money in the paint. So when you go away from that now, because Wednesday, you were namming down there. You had like eight buckets in the paint on, on Wednesday. And then on Tuesday, you had two. Two or four in the paint. And the only other bucket in the paint for Pascal was like in the fourth quarter or third quarter, late third quarter, something of that nature, where basically he got out again on a fast break and got the layup. So telling me that you got no pulse points this entire game, B? 
Now, I understand Clint Capella's under there. Clint Capella is a defensive stopper, juggernaut type of guy. Protect the rim. It's difficult. But here's the thing with that. Number one on Darko Ryakovich, okay? Number one, you still got to find a way to generate points by bringing Clint Capella out of the paint. Out of the paint. You see teams do it to us all the time at Jakob Pertl. All the time. They bring Jakob Pertl up on um, the three-point line, do a pick and roll with him, and now he's lost on defense. Now he's done better. He's done better. Earlier in the season, he was just curry chicken all day long. He's gotten better. But the point is I'm trying to make is do something that's going to draw Capella out of the paint. Because, come on, I feel okay with Pascal Siakam going up against um, a Kongu or Sadiq Bey with his back to the basket and Clint Capella outside not being a factor defensively protecting the rim. So schematically, things are wrong. Things are off. One of your best players, you're not getting him in the best position to be successful. And for, and for him, that is in the paint this year. No question about it. Secondly, at the end of the day, even if schematically things aren't there, Pascal Siakam, this is on you. You got to challenge him. You got to challenge him. Maybe get him in foul trouble. I mean, you got to challenge him down there. You have to. I thought Scotty Barnes did a good job of that tonight or on Friday. Challenging in the paint, either in the post or off the drive. But nothing from Pascal. Nothing. Still ends up with an efficient game. He had 15 points on, I think, 5 of 12 shooting. Two of those field goals were threes. The other two of those field goals were um, layups on the fast break that, that we talked about. And then the other bucket, I don't remember. Didn't really matter. Didn't really matter. And the free throw shooting, number two, the free throw shooting for this team. I've been talking about it from time. Now it's a regular speaking point. On the broadcast, where the Raptors, where the broadcasters are talking about how the Raptors are trash from the from the free throw line, and they've been trash from the free throw line. I know you got to give things time to develop and figure it out, but from like the second week in the season, I was saying, "Yo, this team cannot be at the bottom in free throw shooting." At the beginning of the year, they weren't even getting to the line like that. They've gotten better in terms of just getting to the free throw line. I'll give them that, but yo, you cannot be. 29th in the NBA in free throw shooting. Cannot. I understand Jakob Pertl. He is just not a good free throw shooter. But Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, come on, man. These are your two best players that have the ball in their hands majority of the time outside of Dennis Schroeder. It's really Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes that are, real, that are your real playmakers on this team. Those are the guys that are going to get fouled and go to the line more often than any other players on the basketball team, other than Jakob Pertl, who does his work down low. You can't be so trash from the line, guys. You cannot. You cannot. 
56, hold on, what was the percentage? 56% from the free throw line. 14 of 25. 14 of 25. The Hawks, they were only 5 of 6, shot 83%. Insignificant what the Hawks did. Insignificant. Because they only got to the line 6 times. We got there 25 times. And you're barely above 50%. This is a regular trend with the Raptors. Regular trend. And I know we ended up losing the game by 25 or by 21. I get that, right? You make, let's say, seven more free throws or something. If you just look at it like that in a vacuum like that, be like, oh, well, they wouldn't have won anyways. But that's not the way that sports and the NBA works. Okay? When you're hitting more free throws consistently throughout the game, it doesn't mean that the rest of the game is going to be the exact same way that it went. That's not how sports works. Because let's say you're down nine versus being down four. There's a difference in terms of the pressure that's on the other team in order to make plays. Less of a cushion for those types of mistakes. And the confidence of the team is just a little bit different when you're closer. And things are going relatively well. But it's so deflating when you work so hard to get to the free throw line. So hard. And then you're just missing. This is going to be a bottom, a bottom third free throw shooting team on the year. Bottom third. We had an opportunity earlier on in the year where we could have turned things around. But now we're two months into the season. Two months. It's not happening. We're not a good free throw shooting team. We are who we thought. The <laughs> I was going to do the Denny Green. We are who we thought we were. We are who we thought we were. We thought we were a bad free throw shooting team, and we are that. Can't win the games like that, yo. Can't win the games like that. Number three. And most importantly, the hustle. The hustle plays. Now, this is the reason why we lost the game, coupled with something else I'm going to get to. But the hustle, man. The hustle. The Atlanta Hawks had 16 offensive rebounds last night. 16! And the Raptors only had three. So what happens when you get offensive rebounds? What happens? Second, second chance points. Offensive rebounds lead to second chance points. Last night, 24 to three and second chance points. That is a plus 21 for the Hawks. How much did we lose by? 21 points, B. 21. Those two stats alone. Now, I get, okay, I, I get it, right? I get it. Like I said, I'm going to keep the same energy. If we're not giving up those offensive rebounds, it doesn't mean the game would have went the exact same way. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? The game would have been changed. Maybe for the better, or maybe it would be the same. But at the end of the day, 
you lost by 21 in the second chance points category. 21. And you know how many field goals the Hawks had more than us? They had 101. We had 77. That's 24 more shots that the Hawks had than the Raptors. 24. Now, if that number was a little bit smaller and the free throw, because there was a disparity at the free throw line, right? We had 24 free throws attempts. They had six, all right? So you could take a couple of those possessions and say, okay, well, the Raptors actually did get some field goal attempts, more than 77, but they went to the free throw line, right? We can say that. But the disparity is way too big in this case. Way too big in this case. Because it's not like you're going to the free throw line, um, you know, each time you go there, it, it's it's one trip, right? So you can say two two free throws for each field goal attempt. Understand? Two free throw attempts equals one field goal attempt. So you could take 12 off of that. They still got plus 12. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. Because they also had six free throws. Uh, it's it's basically plus sixteen field uh, field goal attempts if we start breaking it down that way. I might have lost I might have lost y'all with the math, but whoever's following me, it's a fact. Nobody ever talks about that on the broadcast. They're just like, yo, the um the other team got this many more field goal attempts. But sometimes the team that had less field goal attempts, the free throw disparity is crazy. But in this case, it doesn't apply. The Raptors got all out hustled, out hustled. And I've been saying, man, I've been saying this from the beginning. In fact, from preseason, we need another big, y'all. We need another big that's going to spell Pirtle. That's going to help bang a little bit down there and not give up so many offensive rebounds, bro. So many of them. I don't know what we're going to do. In terms of roster construction, in terms of what the um, the thought process is for Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. But, like, the way that this team is constructed, we just have flaws everywhere on this roster. Flaws. Now, I like the talent. I like the talent. I just don't think that Darko Ryakovich knows how to use his players in the best position to be successful or else he would have found some ways to pull Clint Capella out of the paint where Pascal Siakam could go eat down low in the post. Where to set actions to go get Pascal on the post last night, especially after what we saw on Wednesday. Where is it? I know like anyone that listens to this channel, I'd be going in on Darko sometimes, man. And like I said, it is unfair. It's so unfair for a coach only two months into his coaching tenure for me to sit here and have to just like, yo, Darko this, Darko that. I give Darko his flowers where it is required. But again, the whole point of this channel is that from a Raptors fan's perspective, I'm just calling it like how I see it. And so far, he has not shown the ability to understand his players after two, you can even say three months, because he's been around these guys long enough now, since the beginning of October, Three months you've been around him, and you don't know 
the best positions for these guys to be successful? No, man. Come on. Come on. Now, it's not like the Raptors shot the ball bad last night, man. 51% from the field. Both both teams shot 51% from the field. Both teams. So generally, when you see something like that, you're like, well, well, what happened here? But when the field, the, the free throw attempts, the field goal attempts, is such a large disparity. They just had so many more opportunities to put the ball in the basket and shot the same percentage as us. The same. But, like, our, our three-point shooting, man, our three-point shooting is just not good. When it's working, it's working, you know? But 32% from three-point land, when the other team was over 40 for much of the game, they ended up with 39%. But that's above league average. The Hawks are coming into the night. They were 11th in, in three-point shooting percentage. And that's the other thing. Number four, our three-point shooting defense is terrible, like Charles Barkley would say. Terrible. Not good. I've been saying this now for weeks. The broadcast is catching up. And it always feels like it's one or two players just doing damage. Just doing damage from the from the uh three-point line against the other squad, the op, the uh, the opponent. You know? And last night it was Trey Young. Now Trey Young, we get it, man. Trey Young is nice, okay? Trey Young is nice. I think he had 35 in the first game, 38 in the second game. So he just went there and averaged 36.5 in two games against the Raptors. Come on. And Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. These guys, damn near 50% shooting threes. And it's not even like Bogdanovich was just out there all night. You know what I'm saying? He had three, three, I think he went three for eight in the game, but he was getting inside the paint, scoring buckets around there and all that. I think back to the Malik Beasley's that ate us alive twice. Dante G, uh, DiVincenzo went seven for nine on the uh, on the three point line against us a few uh, maybe a couple weeks back. Like we are not good at defending the three, and it always feels like it's just a couple of players that are able to get off against us. Zach Levine did it too. A team with this much length. Should be able to defend the three better. This team has taken a step back defensively. And I know last year on the Nick Nurse, I always called it organized chaos. Cause it just seemed like guys were flying around, you know, just trying to defend the three and all that. Just flying around, right? Just rotations, switches, flying, aggressive defense. And then Nick Nurse might throw a little other couple other defenses in there, boxing one, 
2-3 zone, 1-3-1 one, one zone. Like, he tried some things. And last night, Darko Ryakovich had us in the 2-3 zone. I think it was a 2-2-1, two, two, actually. And part of it worked. Part of it worked. But Trey Young was 3 for 10 shooting in the first half. Okay? Then Darko started throwing out the zone now in the third quarter. And I think Trey Young had 17 points in that third quarter. It, it, it was working for a little bit. But, but when you stay in the zone so long, this gives an opportunity now for the other team to get comfortable and get their zone busters and figure that part out. Now, all of a sudden, you got Sadiq Bey hitting threes. You have Bogdanovich. You have, um, what's his name? Trey Young hitting threes. Who's that other little kid? Um, Matthews, is that his name? Hold on. I'm going to check this right now. Let me check this, you, uh, this kid's name. The kid that they were saying hasn't shot a two-point shot all season, y'all. All season long. Matthews. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Come on. Matthews was two for two for three. And now, if that's your specialist role, right? That's your specialist role. Who's our specialist on the Raptors? We don't have a specialist. I've been talking about all these other teams, the Doug McDermott's. You know what I'm saying? Max Struess, George Niang. All these teams have three-point specialists. We don't have a specialist. They keep telling me, that Grady Dick is more than just a three-point shooter. Cool. Haven't seen anything, anything, anything. Saw something at the end of the game. Hit a three. A lot of Raptors fans are calling for lineup changes. A lot of Raptors fans are calling for lineup changes. We just want to see this team do everything possible before the inevitable. Try anything possible before the inevitable. Because like I've been saying, changes are inevitable. They're happening. My thing is, why not throw Grady Dick in the starting lineup, man? I know that's the unpopular choice. I've been hearing throw Malachi Flynn in the starting lineup. Had a good game last night. Had some good games, but I mean, I, I don't really have any trust in Malachi Flynn because I was like the biggest cheerleader for him, yo. And I still, I still like to see a player like that get on track and, you know, figure out his game because I still don't feel like he got a fair shot on the Raptors. Like we just neglected the, the development of our younger players, in my opinion. And that's the main reason why I wanted Nick Nurse to move on, right? I think Nick Nurse is a great coach. I just think Nick Nurse is the type of coach that you want to have around with a championship roster. He can take you over the top. But this team, the last two seasons, is not in a championship or a contender mode. The last few seasons. So we need to get back to development. And Darko Ryakovich is supposed to be that type of coach. Okay, cool. And I think part of the reason why he catches a lot of flack from me is it's Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. You haven't picked a direction for the team yet. But I understand. I understand the position that Bobby and 
Messiah in. They haven't really seen anything from these younger players enough to be like, okay, we're comfortable moving on from them. They want to see what they have, and I get that. But you're going to have to pick a position sooner rather than later at some point because we it's unfair expectations, yo. If we're developing, then let's go develop. We will be developing, by the way. We will be. We're not going to be buyers at the trade deadline. We're going to get some younger players with potential, showing some flashes that we're going to have to try to develop and get back some draft picks at some point. But until then, when you have Scotty Barnes on the roster, you have Pascal Siakam on the roster, you have OG Anobi on the roster, you have Jakob Pertl on the roster, you have Gary Trent Jr. on the roster, Dennis Schroeder on your roster. I mean, we should be better than this. Not feeling it. So, to my point as I digress, like, we have enough guys that can defend a three here. We do. We've seen it under Nick Nurse. We have enough. But defensively, I'm just not seeing the effort. Sometimes, I'm not even seeing the effort in the hustle place, or else we wouldn't have given up 24 offensive rebounds to the Hawks last night. I'm sorry, 16 offensive rebounds that led to 24 second-chance points to the Hawks. I don't know if Darko is getting in these players. Like, I don't know if he is. I'm not in the locker room. They're not going to show us anything like that. But, like, the leaders, the leaders just cannot live with that type of stuff, man. I couldn't. Me personally. I couldn't. And I've never coached a team before. But I think a lot of coaches wouldn't want to deal with this shit either. Excuse my language. Cover your ears for the kids. I guess that's too late, but regardless. I don't know how you sit there and look at that and not be pissed off and get and get into some of your players. Yo, start challenging them. Like the right way, not with dinner. Challenge the right way. God damn it, man. Yo, I yo, I hate that that quote came out, man. That Darko said, yo, if y'all win three in a row, I'll buy your dinner. I cannot stand that. That alone is criminal, dog. Criminal. What kind of coach is that, B? Y'all cannot like that. Y'all cannot like that. Fifth reason why we lost. Okay? Because it's not like we didn't have an opportunity. I'm just sitting here and like acting like this was the worst game in the world, the way that I'm reacting right now. But trust me, we had a chance because Scotty Barnes came out in that fourth quarter and he started eating down low with Capella out of the game. Right? Trent Forrest and Okongwu and Bay, whoever else was there. They cannot guard Scotty Barnes down low. They cannot guard Pascal Siakam down low. And Pascal Siakam had opportunities when those players were guarding him. Now, I know there's doubles, all these types of things. The Hawks game plan for Siakam, and they took him out of his sweet spots. I get that. But like I said, sometimes you just got to challenge it. But anyways, we had a chance in the fourth quarter. I think we were only down six. I think it was like 92-86, right? Then 
the Hawks basically go on a 21-6 to run in this fourth quarter. We've talked about it. We've talked about it at length. Many, many games. You cannot give up those types of runs in crunch time and when it matters, yo. And the Raptors gave up a few of them tonight. Closing the quarters, right? 7-0 run to end the first quarter. I think it was 8-2 run to end the second quarter. So between that right there, that's 15-2 at the end of the first, at the end of the first half, and then another run here where it was 21-6 in the fourth quarter. Where's your heart? Where's your passion? Cannot give up those runs, man. Simple as that. Simple as that. And when your team is playing good defense, being able to defend the threes and all that, then even if your offense isn't going, you'll be able to generate some offense, at least running the fast break. At the very least. And the Raptors are one of the better fast break teams in the league. Right? We're in the top half of it at the very least. I don't have the stats in front of me, but we are not a bottom half team running the fast break in terms of scoring points. Because if that was the case, if we're a bottom half, then our offense would be much, much worse than it is right now. Because the offense in the half court, not that great. And again, talking about going to the zone. Like, you're playing all this zone, teams are comfortable now, and it's too late. They're already heated up. Trey Young done you off in the second half. Scored 28 points in the second half. Trey Young did. 28. I saw Bogdanovich down the stretch, hit a big three, and then he came. They tried to run him off the three-point line, and he went from like the wing three to a little fall away at the free throw line. Nice little soft jumper off the rim. Bucket. Big points in the game. Very concerning, man. Very, 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 very concerning. I just don't understand how the leaders on this team, uh, maybe they are. Maybe they are looking their teammates in the eye and you know letting them know what it is. But like during the game, it needs to happen. It can't just happen all the time in the locker room where the conversation's happening. And I'm not saying, like, blow up your guy to the point where you're just embarrassing up, embarrassing mans on the court, right? I'm not saying that. But, like, yo, there needs to be more communication. And I think Darko said that. I read that somewhere. Because I couldn't find the press conference, by the way, the post game. I couldn't find that anywhere. I couldn't find it on Twitter. I couldn't find it on YouTube. Did they take that thing down or something? Did Darko say something that wasn't right during the post-game press conference? Because I couldn't find it. I wanted to hear what he had to say after this game. Couldn't find it. So here we are again, man. Half a game under 500. Sorry, half a game out of 10th. But the funny point is, the Hawks went and played a back-to-back on Saturday, and they lost. So guess who has the tiebreaker for 10th right now? As of Sunday morning, 
the Raptors are actually in the 10th spot at 10 and 15. <laughs> Yo, man, you cannot make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. That was one of my issues with the playing. I've had this conversation offline like last year with like a few of my boys and stuff. That's the issue with the playing. You may have some teams that think they got a shot and, you know, they're not doing what's right for the long-term health of the roster because they think that they can get into the playoffs when they're like seven or eight games under 500 in the 10th spot trying to get in. Cool. More meaningful games at the end of the season. I get it. I'm on board with the play-in now. At first, I wasn't. But, like, these types of situations now, like, if the Raptors get in at the 10th spot, I mean, they could be a dangerous team because we know that they're better than this. I know that they're better than this if y'all don't think this. I know there's some people that are down on the roster. And for the most part, I am too. But I see enough talent where this team should be better than this. We've seen certain games where this team is playing better than this and showing off their potential. And we've all said, like, yo, if the Raptors can bottle that type of game, then we're in good shape. But they haven't been able to because we are consistently inconsistent. So, yeah, man, like, uh, th those are my points and the reasons why we took this L, you know, and it overshadows some of the great things that we saw in this game. I thought Scotty Barnes was pretty aggressive, played a really good game. It's nice to see Pascal Siakam shoot high efficiency from the three-point line. It's nice to see Malachi Flynn look confident out on the court and have a pretty decent game. Jakob Pertl whenever they actually want to get him the ball in the paint, uh, he's money down there. He's money down there. And I don't know if y'all have noticed this because at the end, at the beginning of every single Raptors game, the Raptors make it an emphasis to ensure that, that Jakob Pertl gets a touch in the paint. Our first two points of the game are usually always Jakob Pertl. And then he'll go on to have a pretty good first quarter because they're getting him the ball. And then we just go away from it. We just go away from it. This is what our point guards do. Might show itself again at some point in the game, but like probably not enough. You put enough pressure on them down low with, with Jakob Pertl giving him the pick and roll screen action. You know what I'm saying? But you got to be able to pick it right too. Like you can't just be able to, you can't just turn over the basketball just telegraphing passes knowing that it's going to Jakob Pertl. But keep him involved. Is that a coaching error? Well, you know what my answer is to that. <laughs> you know what my answer is to that. Unfair. But hey, I call it I call a spade a spade. Professional sports is unfair, man. Because we're quick to get on a player. We're quick to get on a player. But blame goes around to everybody. 
everybody, the players, the coaches, the front office, everybody shares a little piece of pie in the reason why the Raptors aren't popping. So, yeah, man, um, I don't know <laughs> who we got next, man, who we got next. I, I really don't even know at this point. I know that we have two more games at home, but let's check this out real quick. We got the Hornets coming in tomorrow. We already took an L to the Hornets without LaMelo Ball last week or the week before. Make up for it, please. Make up for it. So you have that game. Then you have the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic. If Perto gets in foul trouble, we are in trouble. In trouble in that game. Then you got the 76ers. Look at that. We got the two best centers in the league back-to-back. -back. Nuggets, then the 76ers. That's after we play the Hornets tomorrow night. Go beat the Hornets. That's a must win, eh? Must win. Because you know what happens if you lose to the Hornets? That's another four-game losing streak that we just had. And then you know what that actually turns into be? That means eight losses in your last nine. You cannot have that, man. One thing at a time, go beat the Hornets, please. Go beat the Hornets. Go beat the Hornets. <sighs> Raptors fans, yo, try to hang in there. Try to hang in there. I certainly am. I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm certainly am trying my best. Just giving my perspective from the fans' perspective about the team, because it's necessary. I feel like the broadcasters and everybody, they come up short in terms of the analysis. And I get it. Their job is their job. But this is why I'm doing this. Just to dig a little bit deeper into the analysis in terms of why this team is struggling. Highlighting those trends with a little bit more detail other than just giving you the stat. I gave you all the reasons why we just lost the game. All of them. So yeah, man, if you made it to the end of this video, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. If you're not subbed yet, please sub up, like the video, comment, share. We're still going to be doing a giveaway for a Raptors Flex Toque. I gave away a couple on the weekend, some family, because I love them. And I know that they're going to rep me hard. So I appreciate y'all. But um, yeah, I'm going to be giving away another one at some point. I'm trying to get the subs up to like 50 subs. Very ambitious. Might just give one away for the holidays if we're not able to get to 50. But I want to shoot for it. Let's shoot for 50. So please share and all that. And I think we have a pretty good episode coming up on Tuesday, man. I got something planned. I got something planned. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, man, for that episode, you know the flex. It's me, guys, and I'm out.